0: Father, we thank you for your sweet spirit in this place. Oh, God, we pray that you would give people encounters more than words on a page, God. But that you would be the living breath of life that transforms us from the inside out, God. We just bless you in this place. We believe and we receive that someone will be delivered today, that someone will be set free, that someone will be transformed. It's our expectation. We declare that the word will flow freely without any hindrance in Jesus' name. We thank you that you confuse the plans of the enemy against our mind, God. We bind confusion and we release peace and understanding and revelation regarding the word of God. Father, we thank you that we are quick to hear and quick to obey God. And that which we hear today will not be taken away from us, but that it will produce fruit in our lives forever in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, you can do better than that. I didn't say give me a hand clap of praise. I said let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's great. Thank you. Listen, so here's what I'm going to have you to do. Oh, yeah. Grab your Bibles. Come on. Whatever you use as your Bible, make your confession while you're standing. This is my Bible. And I am what it says I am. And I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can do what it says I can do. And I have everything it says belongs to me. I, have everything it says belongs to me. I am about to be taught. I am about to be taught. The life-changing word of faith. The, life-changing word. the, word, of the word of God always works. Always works. My, heart my heart is prepared, is prepared. To, receive the word. to receive the word. Once I receive it. I will believe it, I will believe and it. I will act on it, act and, the and the word will manifest, will manifest in my life. In my life. I, boldly de- I, boldly I boldly declare I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. You may be seated. I'm just going to tell you, you got, you got two groups of people. You got people who wanted us to be singing 15 minutes ago. And you got people who worship us who could do this to 2, 3, 4 o'clock. But what I'll tell you is this, is that I challenge you to become a person who becomes comfortable with worship. One of the things that we've been saying to our church for the last several weeks is that if you're going to live victorious in this season, there's four things you've got to learn to love. Number one, you've got to learn to love to pray. Tell your neighbor, say, you've got to you gotta love to pray. Number two, got to love the word. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to love the word. Number three, you've got to love worship. Number four? Gotta love obedience. You should write those down. There are four things if you want to live victoriously as a believer. Not I'm not talking about you just trying to get to heaven. I'm talking about you want to live victoriously as a believer. There are four things you're gonna have to learn to love. You're gonna have to learn to love the word of God. You're gonna have to learn to love prayer, you're gonna have to learn to love worship, and you're gonna have to learn to love to obey God. Because this is a season of great release and it's the season of great acceleration and it's a season of great restoration. But in reality, if you don't obey, you're going to miss what God is trying to do and you'll be wondering what was happening. You'll be like, they said all these great things was going to happen, but you missed it because you was out doing your own thing. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to obey God. Even when it's difficult, even when you don't want to do it, even when you think you know best, you got to obey God because God is for you. Look your neighbor in the face, tell him, say, God is, God is for you. Say, Annie's smarter than you. So God is for you, and he's smarter than you. Listen, I got to worry. You had your heart broken. If you've had your heart broken and you're not over it yet, stand to your feet. Had your heart broken you're not over it yet, stand to your feet. I'm going to make it one more time. You had your heart broken. Come on. Listen, listen. God trying to help you get free. When somebody call out a word that belonged to you, stand up and receive it. So here's what the Lord said to me during worship. He's going to restore your heart, but your restored heart is not in the next person. Your restored heart is in him, which will help you find the next person. So what I say to you is that if you know you're dealing with a broken heart, don't be trying to date right now. You ain't ready to date you go going to pick the wrong thing because you're wounded. Let the Lord heal you, and then he'll give you good love. Anybody in here got good love because they let the Lord heal them? Stand up and show the people that it's true, that if you let the Lord heal you, he'll give you good love. If you let the Lord heal, he'll give you good love. So those of you, so while the devil is saying to you, well, how long will I have to be by myself let, until you get healed? Because it would be better to be by yourself getting healed than to be with the wrong person begging to be free. Amen? Amen? So that's my word for the people who are broken hearted. Come on, we're going to get into the word. We got to go fast this morning. Got to go fast this morning. Amen. Amen. This morning my subject is trusting God because he is good. Amen. Trust in God because he is good. Tell your neighbor, say trust in God, trust in God. because God is good. All right, so God's goodness is His nature, and so there are some things you got to establish about God's goodness because if you don't establish them about God's goodness, it's always going to interfere with your ability to obey Him. The people who struggle to obey God struggle to obey God because they don't know He's good. That's the reality. If you, anybody got anybody in their family, a grandma, or somebody, she just good, or grandfather, they were just good. They just do. They would just do anything for you. When they asked you to do something, it was easy to do, right? Because you knew they were good. So if you're struggling to obey God, it's because you don't understand how good he is. So we're going to walk through the word today. We're not even going to begin to exhaust it all. I'm just going to give you some scriptures to get started. But God is good. His nature is good. His essence is good. So whatever he does is good. Say "God God is good. When we talk about God being good, we mean that he is good in the widest and the broadest sense of the word. He is good in the widest and the broadest sense of the word. Let's go to Ephesians 3.20. That's our first scripture this morning. I'm going to have you talk a lot because I need you to get it in your heart. Somebody say God is, good. God is good. So God wants to be good to you. Say God wants to be good to me. God wants to be good. Say God is, God is not holding any good thing, any good thing. back from me. Back from so if there's something in your life that seems like it's not coming to you, then it's either not for you, it's not time for you to have it, or you're not in obedience Amen. because God is not withholding any good thing for you. Amen. So if God is saying no, it's because it's not for you. Turn to your neighbor, say neighbor, neighbor. God, is good, God is still good. Even when he tells you no, Even when he tells you no, God wants to be good to you. How good does God want to be to us? The Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. It means that if you listed down every single thing that you wanted to happen in your life, that God would one-up you. It says if you put everything on your little dream and vision list, everything on your bucket list, everything that you could imagine, when you got through, God would be more. God is good. You have to shift that in your thinking and see God as a good God because if you see God as a good God, then obedience becomes easier and it becomes easier for you to partner with what God is trying to do in this season in your life. See, for example, we just had a word for people who got broken hearts, right? So now whether you believe God is a good God or not, is going to determine what you do. If you believe God is a good God, then you're willing to push the pause, If you don't believe God is a good God, then you keep searching, looking over at somebody else, talking about I wonder why they're happy. But see, just because somebody's happy, you don't necessarily know their process. You don't know the healing that they went through. You don't know how they had to let God deliver them in order to be able to stand in that space. So you're looking at the crop now, but you're not looking at the seed and the weeding and the scarecrows that had to be in the field and all of that in order to get there. And so if you don't know God is good, you're always going to fight against his plans in your life, even when y'all want the same thing. You want to be happy, but you're wounded, so you don't know how to pick happy. And so then he tries to get you to pause so you can be happy, and you think he just don't want you to have nobody. He just knows that wounded people pick bad. Mm -hmm. Amen. Wounded people pick bad. You wounded people pick real bad. You pick bad jobs, you pick bad homes. You take car deals that the Lord told you to walk away from and you end up married to people asking the Lord to set you free. If you just get healed first, your testimony can be, yes, maybe it took me a couple of years to get healed, but praise the Lord I'm healed and now I got some goodness going on in my life. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants to be good to you. Go to Romans 12 and 2. This is one of our favorite scriptures around this camp. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that what? Good. Say it loud. What is that what? Good. And acceptable and perfect will of God. So God wants you to be able to prove what's good. good. He wants you to allow your thinking to be transformed by the word of God, you and I, so that we can receive what God says is good. Amen. Amen. And so we have to allow the word to wash us because we got some wrong thinking. How many of you can't admit you got some wrong thinking? Got some wrong thinking. You can see it when pastor starts talking about money, your wrong thinking come up. When we start talking about living the right way and dating, your wrong thinking comes up. When we start talking about the things you come to Wednesday night service, your wrong thinking comes up. God is for us. God is not against us. If God was against us, we'd all be gone. How many of you know you have given the Lord an opportunity to take you out this place? If you have given the Lord an opportunity to take, your pl- take you out of here, go ahead and raise your hand. You still here. He's he not trying to get you. He's not trying to get you. He is for you. It is because of him that we have not been consumed is what the Bible says. Amen. So, understanding that God is good is key to us being able to receive from God. A lot of people believe God is a hard taskmaster. You believe that God is hard and that he's a driver and what he's asking you to do is somehow grievous in some place. But the Bible says that his burden is is easy and his yoke is light. And it means that when you have the right understanding of God, what he asks you to do won't be difficult. When you realize God is for you, God is so for you that when you were yet in sin, the Bible says that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Don't that sound like somebody that's for you? He gave his very best gift. God is for us, and God is good. Amen. Let's look at James um, um, 1, 17 through 18. The, um, the, you need, there are just some things you need to write down as you think about the Lord. God is abundant in goodness. He is abundant in goodness. He is abundant in goodness. It says every good, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow or cast by his turning. He says that, go back, baby. He says there is nothing dark in God, and every good thing that's given comes from God. Amen. Say all the, all the good stuff comes from God. All the good stuff, even if you take the good stuff and use it bad, the good stuff came from God. Like relationships, marriage, it comes from God. It's just that if you don't have the right thing, you use it wrong. Jobs and promotions, they come from God. And so we have to realize that every good thing comes from God. Let's go to Psalms 34 and 8. A lot of scriptures this morning. You can take them, you can look at them. Psalms 34 and 8. Because every good thing comes from God. How many of you want to receive the goodness of the Lord? Amen. Amen. You're already receiving the goodness of the Lord. It's how you breathe. It's how you move. But how many of you know that God has more for you? Amen. Say, God has more for me in this season. God has more for me in this season. This is a season for more. Let's go to Psalms 34 and 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusted in him. So this word taste right here, it actually means perceive. It says perceive and you will see that the Lord is good. This word blessed means empowered to prosper. Now let's put it in. It says, oh, perceive and see that the Lord is good and empowered to prosper is the man who trusts in him. Amen. So it says take some time to study the Lord to get to see that he is good. Taste means to perceive. It says, take some time to study the heart of God and see that God is for you. The Bible says, even if you make your bed in hell, he'll come get you there. God is clearly good and clearly for you. How many of you ever got yourself into some situations that you know you shouldn't have got yourself into, but the Lord still helped you because God is good. God is good. Yes, He is. Hebrews eleven and six. Let's go to Hebrews eleven and six. It says, "But without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to Him must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him." It says that when you come to God, you got to believe two things. You got to believe about who He is appropriately. He is good. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. See, however you perceive God, that's how you will encounter with him. If If you perceive God as being judgmental, even though you're forgiven, you'll still be feeling judged. If you perceive God as being a hard taskmaster, you'll feel like everything he asks you to do is hard. But if you see God as being good, you'll know that there is a reward for those that choose to diligently seek him. Just like we reward our kids. How many of you got kids and you reward them when they do the right thing? But let me ask you this. Those of you who have kids, how many of you have kids and you are thinking of ways to bless them even when they don't deserve it? If you are thinking of ways to bless your children, how much more is the father thinking of ways to bless you? Come on, we've got to put this thing in perspective. Like, if you're thinking about, my, my kid would really like this. They would really enjoy this. Oh, I'd really like to give them this experience. How much more is the Father saying that about you? Yes. He desires to be good to us. Amen. 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 Our next scripture say, God is, God is abundantly good. Let's go to Psalms 31, 19 through 20. Are you learning anything this morning? What's the one thing you ought to be learning this morning? God. Ooh, y'all the fast class. Say it again. What are we learning this morning? God. God is good. If you believe God is good, high five somebody next to you and tell them, say, God is good. God. God is good. God is a good God. God is good. So in Psalm 31, verse 19, it says, oh, how great is your goodness, So it says God doesn't just have little bitty goodness. It says his goodness is great. It says, oh, how great is his goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear thee. Fear thee. What's this word fear? What does it mean? Reverence. Reverence. It says, so there is some goodness that's stored up for those that reverence the Lord. The reality of it is, is that everybody doesn't receive the same from the Lord because everybody doesn't have the same reverence. But scripture is clear that he has great goodness stored up for those that reverence the Lord. I got anybody in here who reverence the Lord? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just make this prayer right quick. Say, Father God, God, help me me to reverence you you in every area, area, any place place that that I have exalted myself. As Lord, I dethrone myself this morning and put you in the right place. Go back, Caleb. You're going really fast. I appreciate that, though. Come on. Go back. It says that he has laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. It says thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man, and thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. It literally means that God desires to be so good to you that people ought to have to talk about you that the blessing of the Lord ought to flow, he wants it to flow on you in such a way. That's why in Psalm 23, he says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Like when the Lord is blessing people, he don't take you to the back room to bless you. He pulls a table out in front of your enemies. He says, but if you will reverence me, that their tongue, their strife, their plots won't even phase you because you'll be so busy focused on me, you won't even know they talking about you. In other words, when you start focusing on the goodness of God you ain't got time to think about no haters in fact you don't even know people hating on you because all around you you can just see the goodness of God amen say the goodness of God is all around me his goodness is abundantly good and it is laid up for those that reverence him say I trust the Lord well, how do we know whether we reverence the Lord? Oh no, this is good. I don't want to forget this part. So this word, this word, reverence. Right, reverence. The word fear, reverence. It also means because here's how you can measure your reverence to the Lord. The word reverence me- really means deference. So if you want to know what your deference is like to the, your reverence is like to the Lord, check your deference. So it's like when the Lord tells you. Just think about this, right, quick. When the Lord tells you to go left, which way you go? When the Lord tells you to sit down, stop talking, what you do? When the Lord tells you to give, what you do? See, because your reverence is always going to be determined not by how, how you lift your hands and say thank you, Jesus, but how well you follow instructions. It's not how high you can lift your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. There's a whole lot of disobedient hand lifted people. It's about what happens when the hands are down and the Lord says, Now I need you to forgive them. Now I need you to release them. Now I need you to give away this. Now most people, there's two things people really don't want to do that you can really check your difference. They don't want to forgive, they don't want to give away their good stuff. No, no, no! I'm telling you, it's true. Most people, if you really want to check your deference to God, check your forgiveness and your willingness to give your material possessions. Yeah, y'all can meditate on that to next week. I finish this next week. Let's go to Psalms 100. It says, "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord." oh that was sad. It says, "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord." Let me tell you something. If you would practice reading your Bible like this, it would help you. When the Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord and you read your Bible, you ought to say praise the Lord. Because it wasn't like a suggestion. It was a command. It was an instruction right there. We're going to try it again because y'all are the fast class. I know y'all are. Here we go. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, serve the Lord with gladness. We talking about two things, how we serve in church. That's why we don't need no mean greeters and ushers. The Bible says serve the Lord with gladness. The people ought not be scared to come in because your face balled up. Nor should the people be scared to talk to you at your job because your face is balled up. Because the Bible says that everything you do is unto the Lord. So Walmart may write your check, but the Lord is your boss. Ooh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who may write your check, but the Lord is your boss. And it says to serve the Lord with gladness. After all, I don't understand why you're so salty at that job anyway because you do the one to prayed and asked the Lord for it and wanted the whole church to fast with you to get it, and now you don't want it no more. Right. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> this... This is my favorite verse right here of uh, this whole chapter right here. This is my favorite verse right here. Because you got to check people in America because people in America be tripping, okay? Just you be tripping. Here you go. Know ye that the Lord, he is who? God. And what? Jesus. And he did what? He made, he made who? Us. And what happened and not what? And now we ourselves, we are what? And the sheep are what? so basically you didn't create God as a figment of your imagination to, to provide your wants and needs you didn't create God God created you so in reality it's not really that like people don't really like this but here's the truth at the end of the day when I'm telling my kids to do something I made you <laughs> I made you you do what I tell you do even if my kids say well my teacher to- did your teacher make you right. who made you And so some of you are in trouble because you have twisted in your mind who made who. God is not your genie. He is not a figment of your imagination. And yes, your boss may be telling you something, but God made your boss too. And for those of you who have trouble obeying God because your husband or your wife tell you to do something, God made them too. So I would suggest that you, like, you know, just clean it up because we are his people and the sheep of his pasture, which means we obey God. Say that to your neighbor. Say, we obey God. We obey God. All right, all right, all right. They're telling me that my time. Oh, I'm getting through these scriptures pretty good. Let's see. Let's go to Psalms 86 and 5. 86 and 5. We're going to skip 106, Caleb. 86 and 5. We're almost done. It says, for thou, Lord, thou art what? Good. Good. And what are you? And plenteous in mercy to all them that call on them. So here's the great thing about God. So maybe in something I've said this morning, you thought, ooh, ooh, yes, I'm stubborn. Oh yes, I haven't been giving God his proper respect in this order. Oh, well, this is an area I need to change. The Bible says that the Lord is ready to forgive, and he is plenteous in mercy. So you ain't trying to convince God to forgive you. He's trying to convince you that you need to turn around. But the moment you turn around, He like, come on home. Let's get this right. Just like with your kids. Like you be soft. You be like, sometimes you really want to go away. But like when they come crying, you just be like, come on. Come on. I have this, one of our kids is really, really good at diffusing trouble. Like if we, like I got kids when they get in trouble, they got something to say back. I got one kid. He be like, yes, ma'am, you're right. It take all the fuss out fuss when somebody say yes ma'am you're right then it's just like okay just don't do it no more that's what the lord said to the woman um, to the woman um, who was about to be stoned he said get up and don't sin no more so if you see this area of your life where you're struggling to obey god where you've been disobedient repent and turn around the lord is ready to forgive you and ready to help you now let's go to psalms 84 and 11 And then after that, Caleb, we're going to go to Psalms 119. We'll be done. It says, for the Lord is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give his grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Like this is so important that we practice obedience because there are a lot of times we're trying to pull scriptures out that don't apply to us. Like there are some old things, some things in the Old Testament that don't apply to us because we're not the children of Israel. You know what I'm saying? There are some things for them. But there are some other things that's in this word that could apply to us if our obedience was right. So as he says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. Upright is not a perfect, it's not a perfect life. It is a perfect heart. So it means that my heart is perfect toward God. That doesn't mean I don't miss it. It means that when I miss it, my goal is always to get back restored with God as quickly as possible. Some of y'all treat God like a diet. Let me tell you what I mean. You know how, like, if you on a diet and you're not supposed to eat certain stuff, and, like, say you eat a donut at 9 o'clock in the morning, you just blow the whole day. You just go ahead and get you a cake, some steaks with the appetizer and all that stuff. You just all the way in because you like, we are already out here now. That's, that's not how you should treat God. Like, if you mess up, don't be like, we are all the way out here now. Let's go as far as we can go. Be like, "Oops, it's my bad. Let me get back. You in an argument with somebody? Namely, this for Mary, folks. The Lord say, be quiet. You said that first thing. Stop talking now. You done heard him say, be quiet. You ain't got to keep going. Amen. So <laughs> Amen. Psalms 119, verse 96. Say, I choose choose to believe believe in the goodness of God. God. And I will express express that I believe in his goodness goodness by obeying him. him. Amen. Amen. You just discipline yourself to obey God. I mean, isn't that what you want from your kids? Like, don't you want your kids to just do what you tell them to do, whether they feel like it or not? No, no. Any parent in here who don't want them to just do what they, right? Right. You want your kids to do. That's what God wants. He just wants you to do what he wants you to do, even if you don't feel like it. He wants you to just obey. And so, I just because I've been using this example a lot before we use this scripture, I really want you to check yourself because you know, like, when your kids, parents, if you're a parent, raise your hand. You know that thing when you ask your kid to do something and they do it, but they walk off with an attitude? You know how they make you feel on the inside? Well, what about when you do that to the Lord? Maybe your kids do it because it's the seeds you sow to the Father. Maybe they are harvesting. Well, my kids don't see me disobeying God. The Bible don't say that you have to see every seed to get a harvest off of it. It said, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So you want your kids to be faithful and get to church. You want your kids to get to school on time, but you don't get to church on time. ah, oh, oh, amen. Amen. You want your kids to be quick to respond to their teacher, but you slow to respond to your boss. Wow. You got that email. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So let's look at this Psalms 119, 196. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Caleb, we're going to have to keep going. It says, I have seen an end to all perfection, but thy commandment is exceedingly broad. I'm going to read out the M5 because it's better out the M5. What I'm trying to get you to understand is God is good and God is for you." It says, "I have seen that everything human has its end. If you had a good grandmother, you have a good grandmother, there was an end to her goodness because there is an end to her resources. There is an end to everything human. It has an end. It says, but the commandment of God, it is exceedingly broad. It has no limits. It goes into eternity. So it says that God's goodness for you doesn't have a Markov point. It's not limited. It's not boxed in. He says that his goodness in your life, it expands past the goodness of your parents, past the goodness of your employers, past the goodness of your spouse or your kids. It says everything human has an end, but his goodness has no end. Amen. And so what we want to do is we want to establish in our hearts that God wants to be good to us so that we become agreeable to him. We want to check ourselves. Those of you, you got a job that you don't like it, I get it. I know it's difficult to be at a job that you don't like, but you can still be honorable to God in a job that you don't like. You can still give thanks. Because while you might not like your job, you would dislike unemployment even more. Amen? You may be working with some difficult people, some people who challenge you. You may have people in your family that challenge you. You can still be honorable to God in how you engage with them. You can still be honorable to God because when you choose to obey God, you set yourself up to receive his very best. Sometimes we're rebuking the devil and rebuking our neighbor, and we could accelerate our lives if we would just do what God is asking us to do. Amen? And so receiving the goodness of God, it's about just bringing ourselves into alignment. God, I give you permission to talk to me about the stuff that I don't need to do. I, need, I give you permission to talk to me about the stuff I do need to do. Because everything in your life is not about what you don't need to do. Some stuff in your life is about things that you do need to do. Some of you sitting here, you got gifts, you got calls, you got talents, you have things on your life God has told you you should be doing, but you're not doing it. What you say to the Lord is, I'm too busy right now. You don't think the Lord knows what you got going on? Your, like like part of your day, you may be the high part of your day from other people on your calendar. The Lord see it all. He see it all. The Lord's telling you to reach out. He's telling you to, um, to be a blessing to somebody. He's telling you to minister to somebody. You's like, oh, I tried to minister to them, and they don't want to listen. You didn't listen the first 2,500 times. Like, you can't, you got to obey the Lord. And you get with this. If I'm telling you, listen, you want Parents who obey the Lord, kids love parents who obey the Lord. Have you ever been getting ready to spank your kids or punish your kids and the Lord tell you no? Th- thank you, bro. Some of y'all ain't listening. Some of y'all ain't listening, because you'll be like, "This is it. I am th- go get that belt, and you're going to get the belt and the Lord like, "Not this time. Not this time, because that's how good the Lord's blessing extends. And so we want to live in the fullness of the goodness of God. Amen? Amen.